Good morning, and Happy New Year. All right. I am uh, got a title for this uh, word today. I call it the Days of the Firsts. Days of the Firsts. And I'll uh, start off here with giving you some examples. Uh, from my own personal life, several months ago I realized after, after having a birthday that I had become three-quarters of a century old. And uh, I promise you that was a first for me. I had never had that happen before. <clears throat> so uh, in 2020, I became very conscious of a lot of firsts, and I'm sure you did too. Many things were the first time I've ever seen them or heard them or experienced them. A lot of things happened to me and other people that I didn't pray for at all. They were firsts. Even though a lot of people call these the last days, as many bad things as seem to be happening in 2020, I heard a lot of people say, oh, these, is, these are the last days. But I kept noticing new firsts coming along, and I thought the last can't happen until all the firsts are through. So if you can figure that out, then you might be able to... Uh, better understand what's going on. Lots of firsts, lots of things happening in the now, and particularly in 2020, that we didn't expect. I don't think anybody prayed and fasted for a plague, did they, in here? Okay, I don't think anybody prayed and fasted for all kinds of bad things to happen in 2020, but they certainly did. So we got to have all the firsts before we have the last. Here's some more firsts. Due to the things going on in the world right now, people are fearful. I want you to keep that word in mind for a while now. We're going to talk about what it means to be fearful, and then we're, talk about, we're going to talk about what it means to be faithful. Two different things, very different. Fearful people are plentiful today. They're fearful of the now and for the future. What are people fearful of? They're fearful of things happening in the now. And they fear what might happen to them in the future. Some have lost loved ones prematurely. What about the people that have lost their businesses and lifelong investments due to over, overstated lockdowns? We've seen for the first down many people, and I'm not, certainly not mentioning any names. I'm not talking about the church. We've seen many people who are in places of authority that are fearful themselves and just responding in fear out of everything that they dictate. <clears throat> so, what about the people that have lost lifelong investments? Many schools have closed or rearranged their schedules that interrupt the family routine and make it very difficult to keep peace in the house. Many of the main family financial providers are fearful that they won't be able to provide probably for the first times in their lives. Are they fearful of these things? Here's some more statistics. Since March of 2020, the National Alliance of Mental Health Illness Helpline has said there's a 65 increase in calls and emails, mostly centering around suicide. This pandemic and its side effects have compounded our nation's mental health crisis suicides being high, addictions being higher than before. That's the first time I ever heard of such an increase 
in my life, that many, that fast. Something's going on out there, and many people are responding in fear. Our potential, <clears throat> excuse me, our political system has become disappointing for many, many people. It's hard to tell who is telling the truth and who isn't. I know systems and in, in, uh, institutions are flawed because people are flawed, but it's a first to see the severity of it in the way that it's being played out before us and now. It's easy to become depressed in fear of what's going to happen in the future. We're all subject to these things and tempted with these things. It ends to the confusion when we see conflicting opinions. I remember early in the year when the plague began to get rolling and people were saying, well, just trust the scientists. Just listen to the scientists. My response always was, which one? <laughs> so there are scientists that say this and scientists that say that. So that's not a clear-cut way to have faith. So we've got to find something else. Okay. Who's the most reliable and most knowledgeable expert? When experts disagree, there's problems. Amen? Okay, Christian believers and non-believers alike are confronted with these problems. All right? You hear it on TV, you hear it on radio, you hear it at work from people that you work with, you hear it from family members. But there's a major difference between the two concerning how they respond to all this bad news. The unbeliever responds with fear. The believer, being in a whole different world and mindset, can respond with faith. Okay? So that's our topic here. Scripture is full of declarations that God is in control no matter what it may look like to us. Amen? And if you can hang on to that by faith, you can get rid of a lot of fear, a lot of confusion, and a lot of frustration. Okay, Psalm 1 tells us that even though the kings of this earth take their stand together against his anointed one, that would be Jesus, God who is the one enthroned in heaven laughs at them. That's good news. God has established his king. That's Jesus. You ever think about that? God has established his king, who's in charge all over the place by a majority of one, the father. <laughs> he overrode everything. everything. <clears throat> so Jesus, who has been given the authority over all flesh, therefore we are told to submit and embrace him. And did you ever think of how many times the, the phrase fear not <clears throat> is mentioned in scripture? In the Old Testament and New Testament, God is continually telling people, don't be afraid. Fear not. How many? 365 times. One a day. <laughs> One no fear a day. And uh, <clears throat> so that's, that's good. And, and so many times, God is sending somebody out on a task, and he says, fear not. Do you know, and it doesn't seem to be any fear at the time, so why would he be telling them fear not if there's no fear? Because as soon as they start obeying him, there will be. <laughs> there will be. So God says, do not fear in the now, what's going on out there, whether you understand it or not. And for the future, because God is still God. Hey, I love, I love the way in <clears throat> some languages, in Greek language particularly, there's a, there's a, a 
verb tense that is past, present, and future all at the same time. In other words, I was saved, I am saved, I, and I am being saved, and I will yet be saved. All right? God has filled me with his spirit such and such a time and place. I am filled with the spirit, and I will be filled with the spirit because that's God's will. God loved me, he loves me, and he will love me. If you can grab a hold of that, you can get rid of another big chunk of fear. God loves you, and it, it takes time to learn that. Okay? So, but, humanly speaking, when problems and bad things keep going from worse to worse, it is hard for us to gather up our faith and put it in Jesus. Amen? You ever... You ever had the struggle with faith that it's hard to come by sometimes. Everything that's happening on the outside, everything I'm hearing, all the news I'm hearing, what people are saying, doesn't sound very full of faith to me. It sounds more like fear. Okay? So fear will do nothing but make it worse. Okay? Faith will remove the fear. But it's a struggle to come by sometimes, especially when there's a lot of it. Okay, I have learned that we can't, we, I, can't see everything that God is doing at once. Now take faith in this. God knows what's going on. He's doing something. I can't tell you everything he's doing because I don't know, but I can have faith that God is still God, that he still loves us, that he's still at work within his body, that he's still at work in this country, no matter what it looks like, all right? Okay, so I've learned that God doesn't tell me everything, but I can have faith that he's in charge of everything. And this is so simple, but the simplest, easiest things in Scripture are also the easiest things to overlook and forget. God loves you, and he's in charge, okay? Can you believe that? All right. Don't, don't doubt it. <laughs> when you walk out of here this afternoon, <laughs> oh, God doesn't love me anymore, all right? Okay, so I believe God is doing some secret things in his church right now that will not blossom until later, all right? And remember this, there's nothing like circumstances beyond your control to press you into God. Has anybody else learned that hard learned lesson? Okay. Difficult things make you desperate. When you are desperate, cling to God. If growing up spiritually was totally left up to us, we would probably never get out of the third grade. Okay. Trouble seems to be a part of this life. Growing up is painful, and the more you try it, the more you'll notice that our flesh is stricken with what some have called the Peter Pan syndrome. Never grow up, never grow up, never grow up. Okay. So <clears throat> growing up is a result of losing your desires for yourself and receiving his for you. Okay. 
Now think about that. These are short little quotes, little things to remember, but they're good to put in your pocket up here and carry around. Growing up is a result of you losing your desire for yourself and facing or receiving his desire for you. Even Jesus came to the place before the crucifixion, which he which the circumstances required him to say to his father, not my will, but yours be done. There was a struggle there, all right? The humanity of Jesus. Remember, he's 100% God, 100% man. We don't know how to figure that out. All we know is at one point in history, God put on his man suit and came down here, okay? So, yeah, aren't you glad? There's time, How many of you have ever had this? Come to a place where you said, not my will, but yours be done. That is a major step towards faith in a release of fear. Okay? I've experienced God doing some things in my own life, as I said a minute ago, that I didn't pray for. That I said, just like Jesus, not my will, but thine be done. But that's hard to do especially when there's fear in the air, okay? And, not, and things not going well in the air. You feel it. You hear it. Other people talk to you about it. And so we get full of fear and depression. Like I said, I've experienced God doing some things in my life I didn't pray for. Some examples, a change in vocation many years ago, putting aside some of the people that I wanted as friends and embracing people that I would not have chosen to be my friends. And that does not include anybody here. This is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Also, here's something that may have challenged your <clears throat> peace of mind. Receiving the spiritual gifts and callings that God has placed upon you rather than that which you would have preferred. Okay, here's something I learned. The Holy Spirit passes out gifts, not coupons. Okay, can you hear somebody get up and say, no, we're going to talk about the coupons of the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you something, and you can have anything you want. That's what coupons do. You can buy anything you want. Okay, a gift is what it is. <laughs> it's given to you. Okay, but through times such as these, we learn that God's way, even though we have to travel, excuse me, even though we would love to travel at warp speed in the spirit. Imagine that Jesus didn't say travel at warp speed in the spirit. He said walk in the spirit. Walking requires one foot putting in front of the other. And it's slow. He didn't even say run in the spirit. He said walk in the spirit. We learn gradually and slowly, one step at a time. But those one-step movements place us closer to what God created us for in the first place, to be in the image of God. God created you to look like him. <laughs> you may live your life, like I said, at warp speed, but you do, but you'll... <clears throat> Miss the scenery if you go too fast. How many of you, when you were a child, went on a family vacation, or as a parent, you have family 
you have kids and you're going to go on a long vacation. It can take several days to drive there. What do your kids start doing about 30 minutes being on the road? When are we going to get there? Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Just, just we, we will be in a while. Okay. Are we there yet? Okay. Now, I remember, I actually remember doing this when I was a child, a trip we went to Virginia one time. And uh, wondering how long, it was about a two and a half day drive in those days. And uh, so I can remember saying that with my brother that was three years older. And we would both say, you know, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? Finally, my mother turned around, who was riding shotgun, and said, sit down, shut up, and enjoy the scenery. (laughs) So we did for about 10 minutes. I can remember coming to the conclusion that you've seen one scenery, you've seen them all. Okay. Remember that going on a following with Jesus is you're going from one place to another, and it doesn't get you there as fast as you might want to go. Along the way, there's a shakeup. Along the way of your spiritual journey, There'll be some things that don't happen the way you prayed them to, all right? They'll happen God's way, but it won't be always be my way. A few times we get it, but sometimes we don't because it's bigger than we are. There's things going on out there, despite how ugly the news is, that is bigger than we are, and we'll see the blossom someday, but maybe not right now, and maybe not as fast as we want to. So what's God's word to us today? Sit back and enjoy the scenery. There's things to learn along the way. There's new things you haven't seen before. Have you also ever noticed that when God puts pressure on you, or pressure just comes, whether God doing it or whether we get mixed up, whether it's God or the devil, okay, and he, it, there's pressure on us, and it causes things to rise up on the inside that we didn't even know was there. Right. Kind of like when I was writing this down, I thought about a, a plastic air mattress that you have in a swimming pool. And it's like this laying out here. And if you were to press it right here, this, this side goes up. And then, so you press this, and here it goes up over here. Okay. When there's pressure on you, things rise in you that you didn't even know you had. Or sometimes there's things that rise on the inside of me, from the inside of me, that I thought that was dealt with years ago. Hmm. God doesn't think so. He says, no, it's still giving you and me a little bit of trouble. We're going to have to do a little pressure there. And those things have to rise to the future so that we can activate our free will and say, I don't like that. I don't want to be that way, Lord. I don't want to be prideful. Lord, I thought all my fear, I thought I threw all my fear out years ago. Now I'm finding things cause it to rise up again. I thought I wasn't selfish, but this event happened over here and all I wanted to do was what I wanted to do. Okay, did you ever in your garden see a weed and you pulled it up by your hand and you thought you're going to get the whole thing and it just snapped off the top? few days later there it comes obviously you didn't get the roots okay when Jesus cursed the fig tree 
He cursed it not from the fruit down, but from the roots up. All right? When there's a problem of selfishness, of pride that I'm seeing in myself, or fear, or depression, or not trusting God, or unbelief, and I'd been through that many times before, why does it keep coming back? Because it's not all gone yet. Because there's some roots in there that God wants to get rid of. All right? Sometimes pressure beyond our control will squeeze that up to where we recognize it, and then we can pray properly of it, and we can repent of things. Then we can open up and allow God to put new faith in me that I can walk over and above that selfishness, that pride, that unbelief. Following Jesus to the abundant life takes time. It's more abundant than it used to be, but... I think I could handle a little more of his goodness. Okay? So, God knows how to give rise to our weaknesses. So you'll know outwardly what secretly has been a problem all along. Does that make sense? Okay, maturity comes after believing God is in control even when we don't understand what he's doing. Okay. We are <clears throat> works in progress. For God to be totally in control has to flow from recognition that I'm not. Okay. Now, are you wanting and seeking God about the things that you don't understand? You want to find the root cause of why you are having fear in the now? Could it be that our faith is weak? Could it be that we are not as far along as we thought we were? I found that many times and finally accepted it. I'm not as far as I think I am sometimes in the spiritual walk. I think that would be true for all of us. If this is the first time that you've ever thought that you might be weak in faith and struggled against it, then be a first responder <laughs> with faith. Okay, now let me share a little bit about faith just in general just how important is faith it's very important the, the the greek word about faith means to rest your weight on to rest your whole weight on now you uh, when you sat down in that chair this morning you probably did not go up to it but hmm let's see let's see the structure of it let's see the have, uh, are these uh, screws and bolts strong enough you didn't do that you just sat down you trusted it. You had faith in that chair. You had faith in that table. So those who have been believers for a long time have probably seen abuses of faith, people believing for things that God had no, nothing on his list to do for them. <laughs> faith, however, is a very, very important doctrine in Christianity. In Luke 18, Jesus asked the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Ooh, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Mark 11:22, he tells us to have faith in God. That's so simple. So what a simple, have faith in God. But we're attacked by have faith in science. Science is important. It has its place but it's the study of how God put things together, not just how things are put together. 
in Mark 6. In one incident, Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith, all these people that he was with at the time. Luke 17, 19, to the person that Jesus healed, he said, your faith has made you whole. Okay? Now, it's easier to understand what something is if you first understand what it isn't. Okay, so let me give a couple of ideas about what faith is not. It is not something we come up with on our own to manipulate God into doing what we want. Okay? I cannot create faith in you. I cannot create faith in me. I can, however, choose to go down a road of faith that is there rather than one that isn't. Okay? It is not nebulous, meaning without form, such as I believe that there's a God or a higher power out there. A lot of people believe that, but they don't know. <laughs> they don't know what they're saying. In other words, it's kind of like <clears throat> somebody described atheism. Is you know, had a, a, go to an atheist funeral. You got somebody that <clears throat> all dressed up with no place to go. Okay. Or if you ever talk with a fa with a atheist, ask them, and this really works sometimes. Ask them to describe the God that they don't believe in. What, if there were a God, what would he be like? You know, you'll get some really good responses to that one. Because inwardly, they have a longing to see a God that loves me, a God that's this, a God that's on and on and merciful, a God that's uh, powerful. Even though he's not there, if he was, that's what he'd be like. Okay? They need faith. Okay? Faith is based on revealed knowledge. God has to show you something for you to believe in. Now think about that. Jesus was truth revealed. He was God in the flesh. That's revealed knowledge. Do you believe it? Okay, that's good. That gives you some peace. That gives you answer to some questions. Is there a God? Does he love me? Is he merciful? Is he anti-sin or what? Okay, next, next thing about faith being revealed knowledge. Faith is therefore our response to what God reveals. God says something, I believe, I receive it. Not I attack <laughs> in unbelief. Not that I don't like that, but I would like this. Okay, faith is our response to what God reveals. What does he reveal? Well, here's a whole book about it right here. His word. He reveals his word. He describes himself. Second Thessalonians 3.2 tells us that not all men have faith. Can you believe that? Some people don't have faith. You know, as they begin to search and the Holy Spirit begins to draw them on the inside and bring them peace and satisfaction and so on and so forth, godly things, spiritual things, then faith begins to grow because his word, his revelation knowledge is coming to them. A little bit, and then they say, I believe. And that's how we cross from an unbeliever to a believer. Faith is both now and future. I said a while ago, God has saved me. I'm still saved, being saved, and I will yet be, fa be saved. Faith is the connecting place between you and God. And the devil loves to set up a roadblock right there. In circumstances... 
give every opportunity for us to disbelieve when we don't see things going the way we think they ought to. But that's when God's doing something that you don't yet understand. That's why faith is necessary. Faith is four things that I wrote down. Faith is spiritual. You can't manufacture it yourself. Okay. I, you can go to, a, go to a church and get a real high-powered sermon, and you get emotionally all, you know, jazzed up. Wow, that's good, you know. Hallelujah, that's so great. Guess what? That's not necessarily faith. Not to say emotions aren't, per, aren't uh, important. Of course they are. God created you with emotions, right? So, like somebody said, <clears throat> emotions are important, but... You can't go with them, but you're not going anywhere without them either. Okay, so emotions are important, but they're not faith. Now, they can be mixed, but faith is not just emotion. Okay. So, faith is spiritual. First thing, it is involved with belief from the heart, from the depths of me. I believe. Now, I can't just do that. I, I can't take something and put it down in there. It's got to work itself in. I believe in God. I believe that God loves me. I believe that he loves you. I believe, I know that I know that I know that he's handling the ugly, bad situations that are going on out there in our nation, in our, in our world. That's spiritual, from the depths of me. Next thing, faith is also has a mental, brain-wise, aspect to it. Scripture asks the question, what do you think? Jesus asked the question, what do you think of Christ? Whose son is he? Okay, that requires thinking. Okay, Now, your mind and your spirit, which we usually think of as our heart it's not the physical heart that's going lub dub lub dub all the time but mental i getting your mind changed is part of your salvation experience getting your attitude changed is part of your salvation experience be renewed in your mind all right that's what we're going through now the holy spirit is challenging the way we think about this or that and offering us God's revealed knowledge. No, don't think that way. Think this way. Don't think God is mad at you for that sin you committed when you were five. He loves you and he forgives you. That not only is a work in the heart, but it's, that's up here too. Amen? So faith involves a right mind change as well. Third thing, faith is part verbal. means it requires words. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord. Right? Confess with your mouth. Don't just hold it all in. Say it. 
I believe in God. Jesus is my Savior. God loves me. My sins are forgiven. I, I have the right standing righteousness of God, not because of what I've done, but because what he did and gave me. I am right with God. All right? That's verbal. Don't be afraid to say it. Okay? So I see what's going on out there in the world. I see breakdown of family. I see breakdown of government. I see all this stuff. But God is still on the throne, and God is in control, and it's going to turn out the way he wants it, whether I understand it or not. Okay? That's verbal. You'll feel a whole lot better <laughs> if you let your faith become words. Even speak to yourself. Yeah. Okay? Used to, uh, I was thought uh, to ra or raised up to think that if you talk to yourself, it's a sign of craziness. And ran across that scripture about David encouraged himself in the Lord. Okay? There is a time for you to speak. And sometimes if there's nobody there to listen, then speak to yourself. Thank you, God, you love me. Thank you, God, I love you back. And I look in the mirror and I say, you are being transferred into the image of God. God is in me, for me, and with me. I can say that, and it's not a lie because it's revealed by God. It's not pride because God said that I could say that. And so verbally pronouncing the will of God in your life and about what's going on in our nation. God is in control. God's in control of Washington, D.C. I have my druthers, but God has his druthers. And it's going to happen whatever he decides to do. He's already decided. He just hadn't revealed everything yet. Okay? All right, so we got spiritual, mental. There's a thinking aspect of faith. And there's verbal. Finally, Active. What are you going to do about it? Luke 17, 12 through 14. Jesus prayed for lepers and then told them to go to the priests and show the priests. And it says, as they went, they were healed. Think about it. I love miracles. I love to see zap somebody get healed or something. But I also know that God heals or changes us gradually. There are miracles, but there is drawn out healing because sometimes we have to have our mind changed to be able to accept the healing. Okay? So, faith requires you to do something. Right? You don't just say, Jesus is Lord, and I'm not doing anything about it. Okay? Now, after faith... If things don't go the way you think they ought to or you don't feel like you're getting an answer in prayer, then try the next thing concerning faith, and that is patience. Not, <clears throat> nobody, I've ne never seen anybody yet that really liked patience. Uh, <clears throat> patience is also translated in some scriptures as endurance. Uh, maybe that means different things to you patience and endurance my the, the the line buried translation of that is patience is just long-winded faith okay 
Now, faith can and often does require patience and endurance. Endurance, and this is from a, a, a Greek word, it, mean, it means has to do with remaining the same. The idea of endurance, use your imagination, think of a like an ancient building like the Parthenon or one of the things you see in, in the history, ancient history books, and it has pillars out in front. Well, these pillars are holding up the building. Now, as soon as they held the building up first, that wasn't when they continued to hold up the building. They're still holding up the building, maybe after thousands of years. They're patient. They're enduring pressure and trouble and not forgetting about it. All right? Now, endurance for us, I think, means remaining in a state of faith even though circumstances in the devil shake you and tempt you to quit believing. Okay? I believe God is in control. Well, here comes another first, the worst thing I ever saw. God is still in control. I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for God to help me financially. Nothing happened the next day. So just quit fighting, you know. Yeah, God doesn't care. Yeah, how easy it is to do that, because that's our that's our humanity, that's our flesh, talking. But hanging in there has everything to do with patience. Patience is even though it's bad outside, it's not going to affect you on the inside. Even though it's ugly, someplace, it can still be beautiful when you're looking at God. Even though I have every reason to be depressed, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay? So the idea of endurance is the fine art of remaining faithful, staying the same. But things are getting worse. I am, so what? I'm trusting in God. He could end all the problems of the world with a snap of a finger if he chose to. But between now and then, hmm, he's trying to teach me something. Oh, I know. He's wanting me to grow up spiritually. That's what it is. And I need to get more revealed knowledge. And I need to be reminded of what his word says, that he is God. And nothing can stop him from being God. Isn't that great? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to the New Covenant Fellowship podcast. We want to connect with you. You can visit us online at ncfokc.org for more information about our church. If God spoke to you and you'd like prayer, please text us at 405-518-5164 and we will get back with you. God bless and have a great day.